Hi everyone, and welcome to the next edition of the Money Men podcast, which is designed to talk about all things finance and wealth related. Please remember, this is general advice only and does not take into account your personal circumstances. Seek professional advice which takes your individual circumstances into account before implementing any ideas or strategies mentioned in this podcast. Anyway, enough of the legal stuff. Here comes Stephen Luke. Hello, welcome to the Money Men podcast of the 15th of July 2021. I'm Steve May and I'm here with Luke Styles. G'day Luke. We're back together, Steve. We are. Well, you did it on your own last yeah. fortnight, didn't no, you? I think the fortnight before, you might have done it on your own. Yeah, well, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. There so you go. There we go. Good back. to we see can, you. We can bounce each other <laughs> off each other again. Awesome. Uh, general advice warning. Obviously, everything in this uh, podcast is general advice only. Mm-hmm. Um, refer us to your friends. Um what else do we tell people to do? Give um, us a review. Give us a review, that's it. Yeah. And um, share our page and yep. that sort of thing. It um, all helps. It all does. Okay, in review, last fortnight, uh, the markets, we always just tell you what the markets have been doing. US yep. is up about 1% mm-hmm. and Australia is up about 1%. Yep. Um, seems to be pretty strong and seems to you mm-hmm. know keep sort of powering along in, mm-hmm. in equity markets. Yep. Uh, we've had the uh, end of the financial year, and what does that mean? People start to think about doing their tax returns. Yep. Um, so yeah, what's uh, and probably some changes uh, as a result uh, result of superannuation legislation and stuff. So yep. what, what's been yeah, going so on there? Been, I mean, you know, today we're going to cover a few topics there and just talk about some tax related topics, and then uh, I know that we're going to talk about exchange traded funds. You've got that on the list, Steve, and then also how to access superannuation and some of the things. Um, some topics to talk around there but so tax time's upon us some tax tips and traps mm-hmm. so an interesting one and I've actually come I'm preparing these show notes I actually um, have come across this question a fair bit and coincidentally today I actually came across it uh, with a prospective new client as well um, around a bit of missing not, not misinformation but maybe a misunderstanding mm-hmm. uh, with regards to dividends mm-hmm. and dividend reinvestment so, so what's a dividend? Yep, dividend is the profit that a company pays to a shareholder. Yep, so that's income. Yep, yep. income, mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Oh, key operative word, it's income. Mm-hmm. So as a share investor, you might go and buy BHP or Commonwealth Bank. You might have you know a couple of shares. They announce a dividend, a dividend gets paid. You receive the dividend. You also get the benefit of the franking credit, which I won't go into too much detail here. And... From that dividend that you receive or that income, you've got to pay tax on it mm-hmm. at your personal tax rate. So it actually, you know, if you earn for you know simple figures, simple maths, fifty grand, mm-hmm. and you get a thousand dollars worth of dividends that year, um, you'll have taxable income, yep. a reportable taxable income of fifty-one thousand dollars, which is a function of your normal wages and the thousand dollar dividend. But surely you don't pay tax on it if you've chosen to reinvest yes. that income. So here's a, here's a, here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's the misunderstanding. Mm. So. Because you elect, and a lot of investors who are younger will do this, elect to reinvest that dividend or distribution and purchase more shares or more, you know, managed funds or ETFs, whatever the investment you've got. Yeah, so that so and that so that reinvestment means, you know, you get a thousand dollars, 
but you have elected that that thousand dollars will be used to buy more shares. Exactly right. Yep. So you forego that thousand, and yeah. that thousand goes in and purchases whatever yeah. the share price is on the day, a thousand dollars worth of shares. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to still pay tax mm-hmm. on that thousand dollars. The ATO don't say, oh, because you've gone and purchased more investment with that with that um, foregone distribution or dividend that you don't mm-hmm. have to pay tax. No, you absolutely still have to pay tax on it, yep. even though you didn't physically receive that income. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, just something to be well aware of because it's something I, I you know, hear a fair bit. Yeah, um, it is a commonly asked question, yeah. you know, and even, you know, amongst those that aren't, aren't doing it yet, they, they, they ask about dividend reinvestment and, and uh, it's commonly construed that um, tax wouldn't have to be paid. So, yeah, it does come up quite often. Yeah. The income has been earned. It may not have been physically received, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. but it has been earned and therefore it is taxable. Yeah, mm. and it's been utilised to purchase mm. more you know, yep. shares or whatever it is mm-hmm. with reinvested income. So, yeah, just because it's foregone doesn't mean that it's not taxable and not reportable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beauty is that the ATO feed that data straight in uh, if they've got your tax file number against that shareholding or mm-hmm. managed fund holding. It's fed in automatically. So yep. you generally don't need to do anything there. It's all, all done for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing, so share investors or, you know, investors in general, um, you know, just talking about tax time, capital gains and losses. So obviously if you've bought and sold anything last financial year, and if you made money, you've got a gain. If you didn't make any money, you've got a loss. Mm-hmm. Those things have to be translated and brought into your tax return as well. So it's just really important to keep, you know, up to speed on those. And, and what is a capital gain? So a lot of people think, um, you know, a function of their sale price is the tax they've got to pay, which mm. can be, you know, again, it's just a bit of a misunderstanding. So what, what's a classic example? Someone buys something for, you know, 50 grand and an investment in XYZ and they sell it for $100,000. And and a, a bit of a misunderstanding is they say, well, I've sold it for 100 grand, I bought it for 50, my gain's 100 grand or I've got to pay tax 100 mm. grand or, you know, no. there can be a bit of a misunderstanding. It doesn't quite work like that at all. Mm. Um, it's a function of the, of the gain, less any discounts. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're very lucky in Australia, individual investors will receive a, a capital gains tax discount for assets held more than 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've held it for more than 12 months, you're gonna get an immediate 50% relief. Mm-hmm. And then it's only the gain that's added into your assessable income. So that doesn't translate into the tax that's payable. That's it, yeah. Um, it, it translates into what your assessable income and then the tax is levied on that. So. Yeah. So yeah, there's an initial misunderstanding, which is so you've made you've made a fifty thousand dollar profit mm. or gain. Yeah, okay. gain profit. Uh, so the initial misunderstanding that, that many people have is that you've got to pay fifty grand tax, right? That's, a, <laughs> that's what some people think. Hundred um, percent. You want to explain that there's a discount and the, the assessable gain isn't fifty thousand; it's only twenty five thousand. They think, oh, that's still shocking, but not quite as shocking. <laughs> yes. You've got to pay twenty five grand tax, but no, you don't. Um, yeah. The twenty-five thousand gets added to your taxable income yep. and your tax at, at your marginal, marginal rate. Tax rate. And the reality is that the, the most you'll pay would be roughly twelve thousand mm. dollars if you're at the highest marginal tax yeah. rate um, on your fifty thousand yeah, dollars. And gain. it goes back from there, yeah, back um, from there. depending so, on your marginal tax so rate. So if you're retired and not earning any other taxable income, mm. um, then you pay far less than that in yeah. tax on the on the um, twenty-five thousand dollar assessable gain. It's actually not that bad a tax when you compare it to most people's marginal tax rate, which mm. is in the 30-odd percent bracket. Yep. 
um, at the most, um, a capital gain, uh, tax on a capital gain would generally be somewhere around, um, you know, what is it? Twenty percent. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Half of the top highest yeah. marginal tax rate. Yeah. Because yeah. you because if you're investing and holding for more than twelve months, you're immediately getting a fifty percent relief, mm. which is extremely generous. It is. Um, yeah, I had some people ask me yesterday. Will say to me yesterday that their friends had told them that um, it does not make any sense at all to um, to purchase an investment property. Mm-hmm. And I guess the same would apply to any investment to personal investment property because at the end of the day. There's capital gains tax and you'd lose any value that um, you would have accumulated in the property. So that's just the level of misunderstanding. If people don't, haven't been there and done it and explored it, then they don't know. No. That, um, uh, but you know, my view is that you know, if you're lucky enough to hold a property or an asset you yeah. know, and, and make a million-dollar gain mm. um, and you have to pay a quarter of that in tax... Still not bad. It's <laughs> still it? done pretty yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter what asset it translates mm, into. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but it, it's totally the misunderstanding of oh, I've made 50 grand, mm. you know, from my initial purchase price, mm. I've got to pay 50 grand tax. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not that at all. Yeah, it's not, not anywhere near as bad as many people think it yeah. is. Very good. So, probably nice segue into. Uh, our other section so there's been some updated superannuation contribution caps Ooh, mm-hmm. I can hear everyone getting excited about that mm-hmm. <laughs> well people are becoming more and more aware of um, what their concessional cap is so the concessional yes. cap is around employer contributions and salary sacrifice yep. and you know, and other tax deductible contributions mm-hmm. so I think become people are becoming far more aware that that, that cap is $25,000 a year isn't it was was yes. $25,000 yeah, yeah. a year, Steve. Yeah. What is it now? Twenty-seven and a half. Ah, yeah. there you go. So there's been some indexation yes. of that. Mm-hmm. And some increase in leeway. Mm-hmm. And so, that, so, as Steve said, that's the concessional contribution mm-hmm. cap. So mm-hmm. a function of your employer contribution, salary sacrifice, and deductible contributions. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your non-concessional contribution cap, which is typically, has typically been $100,000 per annum. Mm-hmm. It's now indexed up to $110,000. Okay. So $110,000 after tax and $27,500 um, before tax. Yeah. yeah. what the limits are. Um, there is a rule with concession, non-concessional contributions, so the $110,000 ones. Yes. That you could bring that forward, bring two years forward. You can still do that? You can still do so that. So now you can bring forward two years at one hundred and ten. And interestingly, mm. it also applies to the concessional, mm. where you can utilise unused concessional yeah. contribution yeah. caps so from previous years yeah, so you can yeah so it's the opposite way around isn't yeah. it so with with non-concessional after-tax contributions you can use up your next two years worth yeah. um with concessional contributions which are the tax deductible ones yep you can actually go back in time and use carry the, forward yeah, unused, unused ones, ones. Yeah. yeah back to three years now yeah, yeah. three years now isn't yeah. it yeah. It's, it's three financial years yeah um and it, and it caps out at five years, I think, when it, when yeah. we actually reach that point. Yeah, which which is a very, has, has actually become a very attractive, um, mm. you know, tax arbitrage play for some people, especially where you're making large capital gains on mm. an investment in your personal name mm. and providing some ability and relief to put deductible contributions back in a super exceeding yeah. twenty seven. Yeah. But, but even for people who don't have that, you know, they've in the last three years they haven't um, taken full advantage of their tax deductible contribution yeah. cap. Um, they can go back and use it up. So at the end of the, this financial year, they've got you know ten grand sitting in the bank. Mm. Don't know what to do with it. Then potentially they could contribute that to super. Um, 
use you know past unused cap yep. and um, get a tax deduction for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, yeah. So phenomenal, um, you know, way to sort of build wealth tax effectively. And I argue that superannuation is really the only truly tax efficient way to build wealth when it becomes comes to deductible contributions because you're actually getting the benefit of the deduction and also the money going in whereas you're traditionally claiming a tax deduction you're only getting the benefit of what your marginal tax rate is back mm. at, yeah. a, at any point in time yeah. so yeah. Yeah. even if the money in your super didn't earn anything you're still winning yeah. by the amount of tax you save. Yeah, your yep. tax shield, which is a function of your marginal tax rate. So, yeah, yeah. won't go, won't, won't no. delve into that too much, but yeah. So you're a good financial planner. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, now we talk about employer mm. contributions. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're, you know, in Australia, that's a pretty good system too. So the employer right, um, you know, contributes nine and a half percent, don't yep. they? Mm. Uh, no. no, no, no. <laughs> you've just, you've just, <laughs> yeah, I was just pulled me into, pulled that, me into that one. So no, you know, flash news announce announcement, everyone. Mm. So contributions, mandated superannuation guarantee contributions have increased from nine point five percent to ten percent mm-hmm. of your wages now. That's not much, is it? It's not much, but it's really, I can tell you, it's really convenient as a financial planner because whenever (laughs) I'm talking about someone's salary, I always quickly just talk about SG and round it to 10%. 10%. I've done that traditionally. Wherever that's right or wrong, um, you know, it's always made it easy to get the numbers, um, you know, the numbers Mm. straight, so to speak. Um, But now it actually is 10%. So Mm. Uh, employees win, employ- employers lose, I guess, in this equation yeah. um, a little bit. Um, so, you know, half a percent increase doesn't sound like a lot of money. Uh, I am betting you have an example. I do have an example, okay. Steve. But you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're cheating. You're privy to the I'm show notes. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, easy so, so just run a nice, you know, you know, nice, easy example, compound interest return on that extra money being invested over a 30-year period. So, you know, we've just got Joe Blow earning 80 grand a year. And so he's got 30 years left in his working life. And we've assumed that in one scenario, he receives 9.5%. Mm-hmm. And then the other scenario, he earns 10%, which is the new mandated increase. So, yeah, well, doesn't earn 10%. He gets 9.5%. Well, get, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, get gets nine and a half percent paid yeah, um, yeah. on his wages. So, yeah. you know, under the new scenario, he gets eight thousand dollars yeah. per annum paid as SG contributions into his super fund. Yeah. Previously, he was getting nine and a half percent. Now, mm-hmm. what does it mean, or what does that half a percent translate into over thirty years? And the numbers are around forty-four grand. So he's forty-four thousand dollars better off. Yeah. Assuming you know a rate of return of seven and a half percent for the next thirty years, yeah. which you know, but that's right or did wrong. You, did you index the eighty thousand, or you assume that the no, no, I just I didn't. Yeah. In, I so didn't. that's sort of a worst case scenario, isn't it? It's oh, a, really. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, it is so a worst. there's an extra forty to fifty grand in in the employee's pocket at retirement um, as a result of the um, the, of increase, the, the increase, the mandated increase, which yeah. which is huge. Hmm. It's interesting. I was reading if your employment package. Um, states a, a salary plus super, then your employer has to pass on the extra half a percent. Yep. Yeah, and then pay the extra half a percent into superannuation. If your package is built as a total employment mm-hmm. package, which is a combination of you know your salary, car, and super. Yep. Then there's no obligation for the employer to actually keep 
commence paying 10% into your super fund um, as long as um, yeah, there's no there's no obligation. So the total employment, if your total employment package is 150 grand including yeah. super, and that's why it's worded in your contract, um, then as long as it's still 150,000, so potentially employees could get less in their pocket so the employer is forced so just winding back from this Steve yeah. so the employer is actually forced to pay 10% so if, if your package is 150 inclusive of super they've got to begin paying $15,000 and they potentially might take that half a percent yeah, away yeah. from your personal take home tax yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah that's, that's a better way of saying yeah. it Potentially, it doesn't. Listen, I don't think most employers would do that. Well, I read um, but, it. I, I but read there was a large yeah. employer that um, chose the. I forget who it was. Te- well, uh, well whether, it, whether it's true or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it's true or not, yeah, there was yeah, apparently yeah. some middle line managers and yeah. some larger organisations in Australia that yeah. were not going to get paid um, yeah, the half were, percent increase. Yeah. So they were going to get paid the ten percent of their super, but they were going to lose Take half a percent to, yeah, of yeah. Yeah, their package. So interesting, but I don't think most employers would do that. Um, and if your employer is doing that to you, have a good chat to them. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's fair. No. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, a lot, of, a few changes. Um, there's been plenty of other changes too, hasn't there? You know, around um, total superannuation oh. balances and and. There's lots of stuff that, that in fact most Australians won't ever need to worry about yep. um, and you know there's lots of um, COVID relief packages coming mm. out and that at the moment because of uh, what's happening and yep. uh, we won't won't go there or go into that because a lot of it is still um, up in the air and yep. we don't really know who qualifies for go, what and we don't know where it's going to land mm. yeah. Yeah, exactly but um, there you go we might have a break cool. and uh, come back and talk about some ETFs Sounds fun. See you in a minute. At Steve May Financial Services, we know how daunting the idea of seeing a financial planner can be. Bearing your financial soul to a person you don't even know doesn't sound like fun, does it? That's why we believe in being approachable and being ourselves. Our mission is to provide uncomplicated, affordable and personalised financial advice to those who normally wouldn't get it. Contact us for a friendly, no-pressure consultation to get your financial stuff sorted. Steve May Financial Services, www.stevemayfs.com.au Welcome back to The Money Men. I'm here, Steve May here with Luke Styles. Um, Steve, we're back. We're back. Um, a question or a thing that's come up recently quite often um, for me is the issue of um, what's an ETF? Um, and it's usually when we're having a conversation around you know, share market, how they get exposure to shares and um, and you know, maybe using managed funds and or direct shares or whatever. And, um, mm. and people say, well, what, what are these ETF things? Yep. What is an ETF? An exchange-traded fund is mm-hmm. a is an index fund that mm-hmm. is ex- is traded on the stock exchange. Mm-hmm. So not always an index fund, though, is it? Sorry, mm, it's not always an index fund. No, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not always, and mm-hmm. I actually think that's a pretty important. Dis- um, I, th- I think actually, you know, this is off topic, but I think that's a big problem with the industry in a, in, a, in its own right because traditionally, an exchange-traded fund has been an index fund. Mm. But it's, yeah, hmm. not always. No, not always these days. No. They're, they're yeah. actually becoming more and more complex 
um, by the day as yes. they're being released and built and 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 uh, I and you know again I think um, you know because they've been possibly been such a good solution for so many people that the funds management industry mm-hmm. has monetized it a little bit yeah, they've jumped on it and thought how can we make money out of this yeah but I, we'll leave I, that I, I read just recently that um, there's going to be a cryptocurrency ETF yeah so that sort of goes to show you where it's headed but anyway we jumped the gun a bit because we've said we've, we've said what it is which is an yep. exchange traded fund but what does that mean yep. so a fund that is exchanged on the, uh, is available to be exchanged on the stock exchange so just like you and I go and buy you know Commonwealth Bank or abcshares.com you know limited or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, or afterpay I can go and buy an exchange traded fund mm-hmm. which will directly or indirectly own a basket of securities or some kind of asset behind it mm-hmm. um, to give me exposure to that asset in in generally a diversified channel or manner. Yeah, so you're buying this asset, these assets, this fund yep. um, that behaves like a, like shares. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you and can, I, I can buy them off each other. Yeah, um, and can buy them on, you can buy them through an exchange and, yep. yeah, and so, you know, we, when we're talking about exchange traded exchange funds, ETFs, we mm-hmm. generally are talking about uh, like an Australian index fund yep. or a US index fund or a growth fund that has a mix of Australian and international shares. Yep. And typically, you know, the Australian ETF might be an ASX 300 mm-hmm. um, fund, all right? Which basically means that the, the underlying investment is in the top 300 Australian Stocks. companies. Yeah. And you're getting... Mm-hmm. And you're getting ex- easy... And low cost exposure to those companies. Yeah, um, that is visible and easily traded. Exactly right. And 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 why might you do that? Well, rather than you as an individual investor going and purchasing the top three hundred shares mm-hmm. and trying to own them and and you know manage them, yep. you can get and the real and realistically you're not going to be able to do it. Not not proportionally to the market. Yep. Um, the exchange traded fund gives you that easy entry access to that proportional exposure to the market. Mm-hmm. And I guess it also gives you, the investor, or all the investor, the, um, the ability to get directly get the dividends uh, or or distributions or income yeah. um, from that exchange-traded yeah, fund. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is very similar to shares, um, but a little bit different to the way uh, perhaps a managed fund would work. As a managed fund isn't um, traded, exchange traded on an exchange. Yeah. It is um, managed, you know, the liquidity is managed through buying and selling the units in yep. the managed fund itself. Yep. Um, there are, um, oh, there's about $79 billion um, in, uh, in ETFs on the Australian, in Australia. Yeah, Australian investment in ETFs. Yep. Is about eighty million, but eighty billion dollars. That's massive, isn't it? It is. Um, well, well, compared to what I guess, but it, it's big. Well, um, you got to, you got to th- um, need to. I need to look at the numbers. I'm not one hundred percent sure what the market capitalization of of um, of the ASX or all, all ordinaries is for that matter. But you know, that's a decent chunk is to exchange traded funds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. So there's upsides and downsides to um, you know to any investment, isn't there? We've spoken about that very often. Um, you know, what's an upside to using an ETF, exchange traded fund? Um, well, 
pretty low cost, relatively low cost yeah. um, style of investing. Um, you can, you, know, you alluded to it earlier, you can access um, a portfolio of domestic and overseas shares that aren't normally available to you as an individual. Yeah, or, or if they are normal, which they, if they are normally available mm, to you yeah. and, 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 you know, you're not going to be able to manage going in and purchasing that level of diversified portfolio with yeah. a low entry yeah. or low amount of low, money, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. typically, if you're looking at an ASX 300 fund, mm. um, the manager of the ETF um, has the has the capability to ensure that pretty much on a daily basis, you have the top 300 companies mm. in Australia in yep. your portfolio, and the weighting at the weighting in which they appear in the market. Yeah, proportional to proportional. their weight. And yeah, and yeah. and mm. just quickly on that, Steve. So you know we've talked about that very briefly, but um, you know BHP doesn't make up the same market capitalization or weighting as Qantas. Yeah. And so it's not the same as going and buying all the same all yeah. three hundred stocks on the stock exchange. You've got to proportionally buy them yep. to get that market and mimic that market's exposure and as a consequence its performance. Yeah. So as an individual you've got buckleys of, of doing that. No, no it's and, exactly and right. you've got buckleys of doing it that cost effectively. Yes. Um, yeah, so um, What's a downside, perhaps, to an ETF? You know, um, perhaps it is uh, part of it is that they are becoming some of them becoming more and more complex. Yeah. And you may not understand what you're actually investing in. Um, yeah. So it, it goes without saying, as as with any investment, mm. the more complex um, and um, uh, yeah, the more complex an investment is, the more research that needs to be done into it yep. to understand exactly what um, what you're getting into and what the risks are. Absolutely, and and you know, I'd probably counsel that complexity is something to shy away from in in the investment world and the investment space. I would argue that most investors out there um, don't require a high degree of complexity, and if they're not going to understand it, um, then maybe it's not the right solution for you. Um, and, you know, we're talking about, again, you and I still grapple uh, to try and understand crypto. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you've got crypto ETFs or crypto exchange-traded funds somehow exposed to underlying, um, you know, crypto assets, then... Uh, That's I mean, just another level of complexity. Yeah, again, it's uh, just, Even above understanding what yeah, the crypto asset yeah. is. And yeah, you, and you've got to ask yourself the question, you know, what's the incentive... Uh, to the people who are establishing the exchange traded fund to mm. give you exposure to those assets, um, you know, are they serving your interests or are they serving their own? I, I'm, you know, and and I'm pretty confident to say that around, you know, crypto exposure ETFs. Mm. Uh, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a questionable investment, um, but you know, and that, and if they are actually making their way onto exchanges, then you know, I, I, as I said, I'd probably cancel away from complexity. Mm. Yeah. Very good. So that's ETFs. Yeah. ETFs 101. Um, ask the question if we, uh, you know, yeah. if you if you want to know more, just ask ask a question. We're happy to do our research and, you know, come come back to you and sort of give mm. give you our tilt on it. Yeah. I guess, I guess uh, yeah, one other, quickly before we move mm. on, yeah, one of the other upside, upsides potentially is that it is actually easy to get access mm. and, and trade. You don't have to fill in forms and 
and do all that. You just you just have to have a share trading account. Yep. Um, and then you can access the ETF and trade it. Yeah. So so a lot of the a lot of the advantages are disadvantages as well on the other side in mm. some respects. Mm. You know. So yes, easy access, but some of those easy access points you know create some complexity as far as record keeping goes mm. as far as the fact that it is traded on the exchange so the price of the net asset value can vary from mm. what the actual price of the of the etf mm. is so you know you've just got to be careful with some of these things and and really weigh them up excellent all right we'll move on to another question that's been asked of me a lot mm. recently and over yeah. the last 12 months is um is accessing super there's a fair bit of reasonable amount of um, misunderstanding out there mm-hmm. around how you can get your super and um, after the COVID um, release stuff you know around the $20,000 of people who were affected by COVID could get last year yep. um, now I've been asked questions uh, around when is that going to be available again um, I've been asked questions around um, hey I know that you can use your super now to buy a house mm-hmm. how do I do it yep. um, and so on and so forth apart from the, the usual you know, normal questions so it's interesting isn't it because the early access to super you know the government's early access to super the ABS released um, some you know information on the indicative usage of, of, the, of the access and it's very quiet and cagey on it's arguably quite engaging on what the money was actually spent on hmm. um, whether we're, whether it actually was you know all of it um, yeah. I, I don't know that in a lot of cases it actually really helped the people that withdrew the money mm-hmm. because I think that the numbers show that a lot of people didn't use it for things that they really needed needed but it perhaps helped um, keep business afloat there's that, that extra money floating around and being spent Perhaps, yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you're a gambling house and a liquor, a liquor producer, then you maybe benefited the most from yeah, yeah, the, uh, from the uh, yeah. And, and you know, build, building on that, there was some very generous, as we know, job seeker, job keeper that came out and sort of followed, um, you know, in step with the early access to super. So, you know, I, I, I'm still, yeah. People start talking about when can we get it again. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I kind of get a little bit. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they, they will go down that path again but I could be wrong when can you usually get your super so uh, in normal retirement Steve retirement basically that's but what's what retirement that's what it's yeah. that's what it's built for that's what superannuation is built for yep. is to provide for a person's retirement yep. um, so as it stands now generally speaking you know you'd say earliest point you can access super for most people now moving forward is 60 yeah age, age of 60 um, so if you're retired and over the age of 60, mm-hmm. you can access the super. Yep. And another one is if you cease employment, mm-hmm. um, cease gainful employment with mm-hmm. an employer and you're over the age of 60, even if you're not retired, mm. you can access the super. Yep. Correct? Yep. yep. And even if you're over 60, you still can access super in limited circumstances. In limited circumstances. We won't go into that. No. Um, and once you reach age 65, doesn't matter whether you're working or not, you can automatically fully access unrestricted. Super, fully unrestricted. Yep. Um, so does it follow that you can just never get your super before that? No, it doesn't. You doesn't. can get your super before that. Okay, so you can just go and buy a house with it? 
not quite that easy. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> although, although I'm willing to bet a few early release, COVID early release uh, <laughs> no, amounts no, went no, towards that. Money towards a house deposit, but, um, <laughs> but generally speaking, to to access your super prior to the age, prior to retirement, yeah. um, then it's um, usually around financial necessity. Um, so all medical um, events. Yeah. So one of the, the reasons you can access super prior to sixty prior to retirement is uh, for on compassionate grounds. Mm-hmm. So what are, what sorts of things are compassionate grounds? What does that what does that include? Well, well, we've got paying for your own medical treatment or that of a dependent, mm-hmm. making a loan repayment to avoid the loss of a house. Yeah. So if the bank's going to foreclose on you, mm-hmm. you've got some limited ability to access super to to, to prevent that. Yeah, yeah. Re- yeah, yeah. prevent that. And then paying costs associated with the death of a dependent. Yeah, okay. So <coughs> there's an application process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need to, to write to the trustee or the ATO. I can't remember which um, in this case, yeah. but uh, one or the other. Um, I think it de- I think it depends under which release. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. there's an application process and uh, you have to, have to go for it. So interestingly... Making a loan repayment to avoid the loss of a house—that's pretty tight, isn't it? You know, so it means that it's got gotten to the point where the lender has said, "We're going to take your house." The foreclosure is about to occur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't cover your inability to pay rent mm-hmm. if you don't own your house, or the inability to um, keep up the payments on an investment of property or anything like that. Yep. Um, Medical treatment, um, I know some trustees um, look at things differently there, but um, yeah, medical treatment doesn't need to, in fact, be life-threatening medical treatment. No, it can, it can be, be life-altering com- medical life- treatment. Uh, yes, it can be cosmetic surgery, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and we've heard many cases yep. where, where the super funds have released money for that. Um, so that's compassionate grounds. How else? There's a number of other ways. Um, severe financial hardship. Yep. So that's um, different to compassionate grants. Um, and again, there are rules around it. So you can't just go along and say, oh, I'm under severe financial hardship. Give me some money or give me all of my money. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, <clears throat> it comes down to if you've been on eligible government income support payments, so job seeker or, yep. or, or any or any others um, continuously for 26 weeks and can't meet immediate and reasonable living expenses then potentially um, ten thousand dollars could be withdrawn from your super yep. to meet those expenses in any 12-month period yeah um, so that's pretty tight again isn't it yeah, so, yeah. so highly restrictive mm. and and a, and a quite a rigorous application process mm. to mm. go through mm. yeah have you experienced that? Haven't you? Yeah, so I've got, said, yeah, I've, yeah, I've helped some people. Yeah, yeah I've helped some people um, with that particular one, the severe financial hardship application, and and I can assure, yeah. So it's an application to the to the trustee of the super fund, and I can assure you that it's an extremely rigorous and difficult process, yeah. and and so it should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. As we said, superannuation is designed to help people provide mm. for their retirement. Yep. Um, that's its sole purpose. Yep. And. Um, and there are some um, very, as we said, very restrict, uh, restrictive and prescriptive um, conditions around yeah. this stuff. Don't even think about trying to get severe financial hardship payments if you haven't been on government support no. for the required time. It, we, it'll just be knocked back. Yeah, uh, it absolutely will mm. be. 
Um, um, if you have a terminal medical condition, um, then you can have your superannuation released. Yep. Okay. Paid to you as a lump sum payment if mm-hmm. you've got certification from, tre- I think, two... Yeah, two, two registered medical yeah, practitioners. practitioners uh, within yeah. 24 months. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah if so. they're expected to expire or pass away, mm-hmm. um, then you can release the, the entire benefit tax-free. Yep. Um, superannuation can be released um, under temporary incapacity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so if you've got a physical or mental, mental medical condition, um, then potentially um, funds can be released. Yep. Um, and under permanent incapacity. So if you're judged to be unlikely to ever work again yep. um, in a job you're qualified to do, yep. um, then that benefit can be taken either as a lump sum uh, or as a income stream yep. pension. Pension. Yeah, in, in yeah. Effect, we know it as a pension, but yeah. effectively you're commencing a pension mm. before you meet retirement with your accumulated superannuation. Yep. Um, there's some tax nuances that, that exist if you start accessing super like that before 60, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. you know, won't, won't delve into them. We're not here to delve into that today. No. Um, listen, just one other quick one um, around super and accessibility. <clears throat> Can you give me one minute on the um, what's it called the super save home super save first home super save scheme yeah so provides you the ability Mm -hmm. to save into superannuation with pre-tax dollars to then at some point in the future release that money to go towards the purchase of a home so it's really a function of saving your deposit inside Mm -hmm. super inside super to take advantage of the tax effect, the tax, exactly the right. tax yeah. um, uplift. So, yeah. so that's, it's interesting, um, the latest budget, I believe, increased the ability of what you can put in there, mm-hmm. to, I think to 50 grand, we just yeah. need to, per individual. So yeah. in effect, you can save up to $100,000 pre-tax into As super. Yeah. Um, remember when you take it out, they're gonna take contributions tax at roughly 15%, mm-hmm. so you're not gonna get the full 100 out. However, you've been able to save that hundred grand pre-tax, so yeah. it's been more effective, and and you're likely to be able to save it more quickly than you would have yeah. otherwise in a bank account personally. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's another way that you can you get can. early release of yeah. super, but you would have had to put money into it. So there you go. Just beware. There are quite a few. You know, I, I'm on Facebook, and that's about my major social media mm-hmm. um, exposure. But there's always groups on there saying, hey get your money early oh, um, it's insane be careful yeah but be, um, be very careful what, what they're generally looking to get a person to do is take their super you know whether it's an australian super or cbus or whatever mm. and set up a self-managed super fund and then grab the money for personal use yep don't do it no it's really dumb um and if no. you do you'll get caught yeah and there are big penalties yep and, and, and you're the one who gets penalised? You'll be the one because the promoters of those schemes will have disappeared long before um, you ever get caught. Yep. So there you go, get expert help whenever you're looking at, at um, early release of super. Absolutely. Um, and make sure you don't make the mistakes. That'll do us for today. Cool. Thank you for joining me again. It's Thank you for I've, joining I've, me. I've missed you, Luke. There. Thanks, mate. I've missed but you too. You're back. Well, it's been an actual month. It has, yeah. We have actually seen each other, but... Um, 
not in this place. Not on the not, <laughs> a, not in the recording studio. <laughs> That's it. All right. All um, right. Uh, leave a review. Yeah. Uh, mention us to your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, get on our website and share ask us. a question. Share whatever you need to do or want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, share the love. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you all again in a fortnight. All right. Cool. Thank you. See, See you. See you.